0: That's the best part of the whole morning right there. (laughs) Doesn't matter what I say now. Oh, man. You know, laughter, they say laughter is better than doing an ab workout. So any of you who normally do sit-ups, you're good for the day. That's one of my favorite, 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 favorite videos. Um, it's one of the oldest ones I know about. That's a re- I mean, that's a remastered version. And uh, I just I love that video. I've loved over the years to show it and to teach from it. I think there's so many lessons. I have just four things I want to point out just from that video. And uh, but the first thing I want to say is the rest of the story that you don't hear in that version is that Stacy went on to college And her freshman year of college, she was hit by a drunk driver, and her life was taken. And so that skit was written uh, on the 20th anniversary of those guys heading back to high school. Tommy and Eddie went to high school together in Texas. And they wanted to tell the story of Stacy because of all the lives she had impacted, including Dennis's. And so what Eddie said to us in person when, when we saw that is, is like the point of this video is to remind you, you never know when your journey's done. You never know when God's going to call you home. So be a Stacy. Love people. Invest in people. If we, too many times, and again, remember, he was talking to like 10,000 youth pastors, or however many of us were there, not 10,000, probably only 2,000. But, you know, the number one thing you hear in youth ministry is, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. We probably still hear that as adults, right? I have more time. I have more time. I'll do it tomorrow. And so the point they were trying to make I mean, obviously, there's many points in that, but is you don't know if you have tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. So be the Stacy today to those people in our lives. And you know what? We all have them. We all have the dentists in our lives. And then sometimes we are the dentists. Maybe, again, we don't have the physical appearance, but, man, we all have stuff inside that's junk and that we're ashamed of. And so we'll get to that in a minute. Or the first thing I just wanted to remind us of, <clears throat> I did a 10.02 on this about a week ago, just right there from 1 Samuel 16.7. Samuel's looking for the new king, Right. And these, these, all the brothers before David come in and Samuel's like, it's got to be this one. It's got to be this one. It's got to be this one. And God just honestly reminds Samuel right there, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so it ended up being this youngest son, the ruddiest looking son, the one that was just out in the sheep, taking care of the sheep in the pasture. So, you know, he smelled bad when he came in. Right. Although it does says he was beautiful, had beautiful eyes and was handsome. But it wasn't all these other sons. It was David. God was concerned about the heart. And John said this in our Sunday school this morning was like, I was like, sweet. I love it when God does this. Right. John says we are too quick This was a John quote, okay? but it was legit. He said, we're too quick to put labels on people. In America, we love to put labels on people. We look at someone and we give them a label because of the way they dress, the way they act, the way they look. And he's like, we've got to stop doing that. And he's right. We all do it. We put labels on people. We assume things and we don't know their story We don't take time to get to know them. We don't take time to walk in their shoes. And and again that reminder don't let people's appearance run you off. Don't let people's appearance cast a judgment on them. Get to know people. But as Stacy took the time to get to know Dennis, Dennis became a believer. And Dennis's life was changed forever. It's a true story. I don't know about you guys, but I we had a we had a Dennis in my class in high school. I went to a small Christian school, graduated with 28, 13 of us had been there since kindergarten. So similar to HCC when the school was active, man, like we were brothers and sisters. Like we didn't date because it was gross because they were my brothers and sisters. Right. Like some of those kids I had been with for 13 years, I was also we were also the black sheep class. In other words, my, my school was expensive. In fact, my last two years of high school, I paid for it myself because my parents couldn't afford it. That's why I didn't go to college right away. Because I couldn't go to college because I was still paying off my high school debt because I paid for my high school for my parents. Most people don't know that about me because you never take the time to ask. Again, just an example that we don't know people's stories because we haven't walked in their shoes. So anyway, we were the black sheep class, right? We were not the rich class. We had, uh, wow, I had four people in my class from different ethnic groups and every other class was completely white. So we had that against us. We were were just that class. Most of my class, we were lucky if our cars made it to the parking lot. We were the kids that kind of had to park out back because there was oil coming off of our cars. Again, I was at a preppy Christian school where it wasn't uncommon for a kid to drive a Bimmer and I was lucky if my truck started. Right. So we were we were the black sheep class. We were the class. They're told we would never amount to anything. We would never do anything. We'd never be enough. That was our label heading into junior high and high school. We already had a label and we were rebellious. I mean, it, we, we 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 got the we got the label somewhat deservingly. We were the rebellious class. But God did a cool thing in our in our hearts. He got a hold of our class. And from freshman on we just took charge and we led. In fact, we were the only class ever asked to lead multiple chapels. It was nothing we did. We were just we were a family. We were united and God took over. And we had this girl in our class her name was Katie. To this day, I'm 41 years old to this day, I could not tell you what's wrong with Katie. I don't know what was wrong with Katie because Katie was just Katie. She was a part of our class. There was something wrong with her. I, I I very high functioning, but I don't know what it was. I never asked because I didn't care. She was just Katie. And Katie was a genius. She remembered anything she ever read. And so on Fridays, if we were in geography class history with one of our teachers, Mr. Hopewell, our goal was to get done with everything so we could play trivial pursuit. And so he'd get the cards out and we would basically just stand up, you know, chair to chair and you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're trying to get to chair number one, which was always Katie, right? And you would, you know, you get so far and then you have to sit down and that person would get up. And the goal was to beat Katie because Katie was a genius. And the goal was to beat Katie. And very rarely did we ever beat Katie. And if we did beat Katie, there was a massive cheer in the classroom. And then Katie would be like, oh, shucks. Because she just knew everything. I'm pretty sure she memorized the Trivial Pursuit game. Katie, much like Dennis, walked funny, couldn't run, wore glasses. Her hair was just always disheveled. It was never just put together. But Katie didn't care. Katie was just there to learn. And she was just one of us. I guess we were the misfits, so to speak. And I'll never forget our senior, Katie had a crush on one of my friends, Jacob. And I'll never forget senior year, Jacob took her to, we didn't have prom because we we weren't allowed to dance. You know, Christians can't dance. Um, That's not true. We can, you know, we can dance. But in my school, we weren't allowed to dance. So we had had a banquet. And I'll never forget, Jacob asked Katie to banquet, made her day. Looking back on it, I don't know if she got the wrong impression or not, but he, he rented a limo and he picked up Katie and he took her to banquet. And for the first time ever, I'd seen Katie like done up, like her hair and everything, and she just beamed that whole night. We had banquet, we went later on, and uh, went bowling, and just she had so much fun together. I learned more about Katie that night than I ever had. Just because she was so happy, she kind of let down those walls and began to share and tell her story. And my point to all that is, we should never judge people by their appearance. We've all had those people in our lives. We might have those people in our lives. It might even be a family member. Like I said, we had a dentist in our class. But we loved on her and we cared about her. And she was one of us. And we never let her out of anything. And we did everything in our power to protect her, to watch out for her. Like I said, God just did a weird thing with our class. We went from like we were going to amount to nothing to a bunch of whatever. So by the time we graduated, there was like eight people fighting for valedictorian salutatorian. And I just, I remember the staff when we, when, or the, the, yeah, the staff of the school when we graduated, they said, we've never seen a class like this. Like you guys did something special to this school and you loved the Lord in a way we've never seen any class do in the 25 years we've been a school or however long it had been. And ironically, of that group, there's multiple of us in ministry, myself included. In missions and ministry, it's so cool to see how God took a hold of the misfits, the black sheep's, we were judged by our appearance. We were given a label because we were the poor kids. We didn't have the right clothes. We didn't have the right cars. And everything else in between. And God, God used us. So again, first thing is, man, don't judge people by their appearance. The second thing is, man, be kind to all. You never know the impact it might have. Matthew ten forty two, which is something that in one of the other videos, there's like three different videos I could have chose to show that story. And he he reads Matthew 10:42, and let me just read it to you. Whoops. And whoever gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, he will be not, he will by no means lose his reward. And Jesus is just reminding the disciples, whoever receives me, receives whoever receives people, receives me. Just talking about that, taking care of people. And also in Galatians 6.10. So then we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. You know, when I I watch a video like this, when I think back, man, let's be kind to everyone. Specifically, Galatians says, specifically the family, specifically the body, specifically the church. But be kind. We never know the impact it might have. Yeah, you may not lead them to Christ. But man, just by being kind to someone, you might change a perception. You might plant a seed. You might allow someone to ask a question. I mean, because Stacy in that video took the time to invite Dennis roller skating and swimming. Then when she said, hey, come to church, he went and his life was changed. Now, you may not have the same outcome. We're going to have people that say no. But the but the point is to be kind to everyone. Thursday night, I was running. I went on a long run Thursday night. I wanted to do a 10K because I'm becoming Brandon and I'm crazy. No, that's right. You did two marathons back to back. I'm nowhere near that. Um, and, and I don't know his name. I know some of you guys know him, but there's a guy in Harrisonville that walks around and he's clearly abused drugs and he just walks around, he's swinging and he's hitting, and he's talking. I had, I didn't even tell my wife this story. So I apologize. You're going to hear it for the first time. Um, and so I'm running, right? And it's like, it was like eight o'clock. It was just getting dusk. And I was in, I was right. I was getting ready to start heading home. I was in, in front of the old hospital there in Harrisonville. And he was there on that little path of sidewalk that from, from the, from the law office to the the parking lot. And he's just going to town, talking to someone, man, pray for that guy. He is in a demonic battle. I'm telling you, like you could just sense it as you got near him, like the demonic activity. Just pray for him. I don't even know his name. Sean, pray for Sean. And so I'm coming up to him going, well, this could be Interesting. I'm going to scare this guy at dusk and he's already punching the air. So I'm like, Lord, what do I do? Like, I didn't want to go out on the road because people were driving 90 miles per hour on that part of of seven. Like they shouldn't be, but they do. And that was not safe. I didn't have all my glowy stuff on. And so I just said, hey, coming behind you. And he literally goes like jumped and swung. So I I was glad I said it when I said it because I was I didn't get punched. Um, but he just swung and I was like, Hey, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just running. He's like, Oh, okay, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We had this short little conversation and I just left it. I said, man, I just want, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. You look like you're really struggling. And I said, Lord, just the Lord be with you. And he's like, thank you. Thank you so much. And I kept running and he kept battling whoever he was battling. Um, and, and in that moment when he said, thank you, for that second, he was normal. It was, it was not the same guy I had been talking to. His voice changed, his mannerisms changed, and it, uh, somewhere I saw a glimpse of who Sean used to be. So again, just being kind to all people, not being scared of people, because the reality is Sean can be scary. He's, he is strung out on drugs, and he does crazy things in town. Yet he needs Jesus. He desperately needs Jesus the same way that I need Jesus. Now, I wouldn't suggest a female to run up to him at night. Be smart when you're being kind, but be kind. You never know the impact it might have. The same way that Jacob took Katie to prom, the same way that her banquet, the same way that he changed her life. You just never know the impact it might have. And then the second two aspects are more the personal ones. So the first two are kind of like other people, how interacting with the dentists of our world. And the second two are more personal. He said, you know, he said in the end of that video, I feel like I'm junk. I feel like I'm trash. And I just want to remind each and every person in this room that you are not junk. You are not trash. You are a masterpiece. And that's exactly what I entitled this sermon. You are a masterpiece. And we've read it many, 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 many times. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just Ephesians 2.10 for You were workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. Every single person in this room was created by God for a purpose, to love and serve God. And when you walk in those things, you are a workmanship. Workmanship. You are beautiful. You are not junk. Just repeat after me. I'm not junk. Say it like you mean it. I'm not junk. I'm God's workmanship. Say that one. I'm God's workmanship. And so many of us walk around thinking that we're trash, that we're junk, that we'll never be enough. We compare ourselves to other people. We believe the lies. We believe the labels. We're like, I can't do that. And that is a lie from the enemy. And Satan loves it, because in listening to this lie, believing this lie, we literally stay in neutral and do nothing. Or we begin to fight ourselves, or we turn to addictions to make ourselves feel better. And the reality is, you're not junk. You're not trash. You were created by a God who loves you, who created the whole universe. He uniquely made you. And you are exactly the way you're supposed to be. Whether you have a full head of hair or you're bald, that's the way you're supposed to be. It's okay. Whether you like talking in front of people or not, it's the way you're supposed to be. And every single person in this room can serve the body because you're exactly the way you're supposed to be. You're not junk. You're not trash. I spent so much of my life believing the lie that I wasn't good enough. Believing those labels that were put on me. Believing that I could never amount to anything because I didn't have a certain look or a certain bank account or a certain car or whatever it might be. Believing that I could never amount to anything. And so I just went about my life. I worked as an electrician because I was fearful. I was fearful of what ministry would look like. I was fearful of the call. But most importantly, I was fearful because I had been told I could never do it. I didn't have an education. I didn't go to college. I would never make it. And so I ran. I learned how to wire houses, which was a great thing to learn, but I was running. I was running from the masterpiece that God called me to, and ironically, God called me back out of that running, not from a believer, but from an unbeliever of all things. I was in an office, and this guy started having this conversation with me and asked me my dreams. He's like, "What is your dream?" He was trying to recruit me to be an insurance agent. And he goes, What is your dream? And he was hoping I would say to be an insurance agent, right? Or make money. You know, because he had given me this whole spiel about how he didn't have to worry about money and he had security. And he goes, What is your dream? And I said, My dream is to be a youth pastor. He's like, <laughs> like looked at me like, What? There's this other guy in the room, his name was Steve. And he goes, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. And he goes, our church is looking for a youth pastor. And from that moment on, Steve and I began this conversation and poor Jeff just got left out and I never became an insurance agent. And Steve goes, let me give you the name of a pastor. And so I called Dave, Pastor Dave, the next day. I've worked for too many Pastor Dave's. I called him the next day. He said, Hey, come out to my office. I want to talk to you. I went out to his office. I, I believe the meeting started at seven. I kid you not, I was there till midnight. Just talking. Dave said, I, I need to talk to some people. We'll see what happens. Calls me back the next day, he said, We want you to lead our youth. We can't pay you, but we want you to lead our youth. He's was like, I see potential in you. I want to mentor you. That was like the best thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. Somebody wanted me. Somebody cared. Somebody saw value in me. And so back in 2000 and I guess three, four, I don't know. You were like a little kid with little cute pigtails. Back when Lydia was one, we started working in ministry and we haven't looked back. Because of a conversation. Because someone finally told me I wasn't junk. Because someone finally told me I could do it and they believed in me. And I learned more from Dave and a few other people, Greg, and another day. Every church I've worked at has had a Dave and every every day but every church has impacted me and influenced me and molded me into who I am today and I learned from those guys and I began to have the confidence to walk away from the things of the world that I was pursuing and trying to find pleasure in and trying to find satisfaction in and trying to live up to this expectation this label that I was never going to live up to I was never going to be rich and have the lake cottage because God called me to something else because we're not junk we're not trash. And when God makes us, he makes us for a purpose. And he wants us to walk in the purpose that he's asked us to walk in. And then the last thing from that video wasn't specifically said, but just a passion of mine is 1 Timothy 4:12. Don't let do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. And let me turn to it so I can read it exactly because I have it memorized in another version. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set, an example, but, but set the believers an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. No matter who you are, no matter how young you are, and I don't necessarily mean age young, you might be young in your faith. So whether you're young in your faith or whether you're young in age, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Don't let people tell you you're not good enough and you can't do it. Paul is telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, I've put you in charge of this church. I put you here because I know you can do it. I believe in you. I've trained you. Now go and do it. And he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Don't let anyone despise you for youth. What? But set an example in your speech, in your conduct, and your love, and your faith, and in your pu- purity. And from the time I started at Edgerton with Dave until probably coming here, that's how I assigned all of my emails. It's First Timothy 4.12. That's what I constantly tell kids and youth. That's what I would constantly tell young believers. Like, look, if God is calling you to something, yeah, get a mentor, get advice, but go and do it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't because you're too young. Because people told me I couldn't because I was too young. I didn't have education. And yet God said, Mike, this is what I have for you. And he provided those things. He provided the education. He provided other things as I walked in that. But I had to do it on his timing. And that's the story. Ultimately, what I love about that story of Stacy is here she was impacting her high school, making a difference in Dennis's life, making a difference in Tommy and Eddie's life. In fact, Eddie, she led, and again, when you hear the story in real life, she actually led Eddie to the Lord as well. The guy who's bald. It's because of Stacy that Eddie knows the Lord. And think about that. Yes, she lost her life at 19 on her way home from college by a drunk driver. But think of the impact of that one person, of Eddie, of the skit guys, and the ministry they've had to so many hundreds of thousands of people. They both serve at a church in Oklahoma City, and they have the ministry on the side, the skit guys. It's been a huge ministry. It's no different than the youth pastor who was in charge of Francis Chan. And the church was mad at this youth pastor because the youth group wasn't growing. It wasn't getting bigger. And they said, look, we're going to fire you. He's like, all you do is have this one kid in your youth group, and you keep spending all your time with this one kid. Well, that one kid was Francis Chan. And look at the impact he's had for the kingdom. Starting multiple churches, a Bible college. He now lives in Hong Kong, serving with his family, missioning to Southeast people of Asia. The books he's written, because that one guy didn't give up on Francis Chan, because Stacy didn't give up on Eddie. The ministry and the impact it has for the kingdom. We have no idea, those that we care about, those that we're kind to, those that we impact, what it may, what may the ripple effect be. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you have no idea that when you choose to invest in someone, what that might look like for the kingdom. So do it. Invest. Get dirty. Get messy. Build relationships. Have conversations. Mentor people. Train people. Don't blow people off. Don't put labels on people. Invest in people. Because you have no idea the impact it might have for the kingdom. And that's what I love about the story of a masterpiece. Ultimately, the story of Stacy is that she cared and it affected people's lives. And God called her home when she finished her race, clearly, because she went home. But yet the impact of what she did continues on through the stories of Dennis, through the stories of Eddie. Every single time those guys get together, do a video at a conference and share that legacy, which is loving Christ, goes on and on and on and on. So don't let people's appearance run you off. Be kind to everyone you know and impact them. You are, you are not trash. You are a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And serve no matter your age. Don't let anyone tell you you're too young to do something. Don't let anyone deter you. If God is calling you for such a time as this, for this season, then go and do it with wisdom I went and did it because I had Dave walking side by side. And every Thursday we got together at this little hole in the wall place in nowhere, Indiana, and had a grinder, a sausage roll. We just spend two hours just, just pouring into my life. The grinder was good, but the time he spent with me was far, far better. And then I went on to Blackhawk. Another guy, Dave Walters, was in charge of the college ministry. Same thing, just poured into my life. Be the people that pour into others' lives. You never, you have no idea how it will impact the kingdom. And that's just what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. And I think that story is a great way to share that. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the Stacies of the world. Paul's, Peter's, John's, the guys that invested in the Timothy and the Titus and the Philemon's, the John Marks, they didn't give up on him. Lord, I thank you for Stacy and the impact that she had, not just on Dennis, but on Eddie, leading him to the Lord. The friendship that he had with Tommy in seventh and eighth grade has led to, for over 30 years, a ministry, making people laugh teaching the gospel through skits, through worship. God, let us be like the Stacey's of the world. God, let us invest in people, love on people, look past the outward, look to the inside, ask questions, get to know people, walk a mile in their shoes, ask questions, invest. And Lord, it will get messy. And it will at times get complicated. And God, give us the wisdom and the endurance to continue that work. To train up new leaders, to train up young leaders, to send them out. And when they are sent out, to let them go and praise you for what you're doing. God, help us not to sit back and do nothing or or be so concerned with a label that we ignore an opportunity. God, just help us to love people and invest in people and be the church each and every day in our communities and wherever that you're calling us to be. In your name we pray. Amen.